0: If you have a copy of the outline from the message this morning in your uh, bulletin, if you would take that out at this time. And uh, otherwise, if you have a copy of God's word, you can be turning to the small book of Job in the Old Testament. And uh, years ago, before I really understood, and I still don't know a lot about the Bible, but I used to think this book was called Job. That's the way it's spelled, you know, but uh, turn to the book of Job, Job, whatever you call it, Job chapter 19 this morning, and uh, there was a group of people sitting around and they're, you know, children always have an interesting spin on uh, what things are, what special days are, and of course today, uh, for the Christian, we call it Resurrection Sunday, but uh, the world, a lot of times, calls it Easter. By the way, you can find the word Easter in the King James Bible in Acts chapter number 12 and verse number 4 they were holding Peter and the Bible talks about until that feast day known as Easter and so it is a word that we find in the Bible but uh, they were asking children what Easter meant to them and one of the little boys he said I, I know what it means to me and they said well what does the Easter mean to you and he says well it means that for the next two weeks we're going to have eggs, uh, chicken salad at our house. And all the hard-boiled eggs, and he, he knows exactly what all those eggs meant once uh, Easter was over. But I hope that Easter means something very special to you this morning. And as you just heard the song this morning and the presentation, a lot of people in the world today have different ideas of who Jesus really is. There's a lot of people who believe that Jesus was a good man, and certainly that's true. People believe he was a teacher, and that is true. Some believe he was a rabbi in the day that he lived. That was true. But I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And as you search the scriptures this morning, I hope that as Job made the statement, I hope that you know him today. The Bible testifies that he is the king of the Jews, the king of glory, the king of righteousness. That he is eternal, he is immortal, he is merciful, he is God's son. He's a friend of the sinner. He's unique, unparalleled, unprecedented. He is sufficient, he supplies, he sympathizes, he strengthens, he sustains. He heals, he cleanses, he forgives, he delivers, he defends, he regards and rewards us. He's the wellspring, the door, the path, the road, the highway. His promises are sure. His light is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And His yoke is easy. And His burden is light. He's indescribable, he's incomprehensible, he's invincible, he is irresistible. You can't live without him and you can't live, you can't outlive him and you can't live without him. The Pharisees couldn't stand him but they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. The witnesses couldn't get their testimonies to agree about him. Herod couldn't kill him, death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him. Job said, I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth, and though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh I shall see God whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. Job had been through life. He had been through trials and troubles in his life and many things, and even friends had gone away from him, and his own wife had a different perspective. But Job looked beyond all of that. Job looked to a brighter day, he looked to a day that he would see one day, and all of us one day in our lives, hopefully we'll see that same day that Job talks about here in this passage of scripture, and there were some things that Job knew, and this morning I hope you know these things, I want you to see this morning that Job knew about a redeemer, He knew about a Redeemer. The Bible says again in verse 25, he says, I know that my Redeemer liveth and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And Job talked about the fact that it was a personal knowledge. He said, he is my Redeemer. I see this word my dealing with possession. It was something or someone that was a part of Job's life. And I hope that you know him today, that he is yours and that you can testify to that. But not only was it a personal knowledge about a Redeemer, but it's a powerful knowledge because he says, my Redeemer. I love the word Redeemer there. It's a word that means that Jesus came to buy us back. Now you say, that's interesting, Pastor. What are you talking about, buy us back? Well, we all know if You've studied or heard anything from the Word of God that because of what happened in the garden when God created the man and the woman, that God told them you can have of anything in this garden except what's on that tree in the midst of the garden. And because of man's disobedience, that fellowship between God and man was broken. The Bible says all have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. Our iniquities have separated us between us and our God. And God who wanted to spend time with man. That that fellowship was broken. But I love the fact that Jesus became man's redeemer. The very word there deals with this matter. You may not be familiar with it. But it's a Bible principle. And it's the matter of being a kinsman. One that is able, one that is willing to redeem us, to buy us back. The Bible says, wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. But I love the fact that because of what Adam, the first man, did, Jesus, the second Adam, came and brought reconciliation between God and man. And we see the fact that Job testifies that Jesus is our kinsman. Well, how is that possible? By virtue of what we call the incarnation. The Bible says that Jesus Christ, the son of God, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He came to do for us what no one else could do, what no sacrifice could do. A little boy and his father were driving down the road in the country one day. It was a beautiful day outside, springtime, when all of a sudden a bumblebee flew into their automobile. The bumblebee's flying around and the little boy was deathly allergic and very petrified at this bee that had flown into the window and Without saying one word, his father reached out and he caught that bumblebee in his hand. He began to tighten his fist and then he released his hand. As he released his hand, that bumblebee flew out of his hand. The little boy became very frightened again, thinking that bee is going to get him and he's allergic to a bee sting and the father reached out again a second time but this time instead of making a fist he opened up his hand and he pointed to his hand and he said, son there's no reason for you to be afraid he said you see I took the sting for you And folks that's exactly what Jesus did for us Jesus took the sting of death We as God's people, we don't have to be afraid of death. The Bible says, oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. Job testified, he says, look, I know that my Redeemer liveth. He knew about a Redeemer, he had a personal knowledge, he had a powerful knowledge, but notice, it was a privileged knowledge, because Job said something that no other religious figure can testify of today. Job said, my Redeemer liveth. Jesus is alive today. Jesus has risen from the grave. We celebrate this for the Christian. and Listen, for the world, it is a benefit. It is a blessing that we have a Savior that has risen from the grave. The tomb could not hold him no longer. Death is strong But life is stronger, stronger than the dark, the light, stronger than the wrong, the right. Faith and hope triumphant say Christ arose that resurrection day. You know what Christmas is? Christmas is the promise, but Easter is the proof. Easter is the proof, and Job was saying here, he says, I know him, and he knows me, and even though he knows me, He still loves me. Jesus loves us. This I know. Job says, I know one thing. He says, I know about a redeemer. But secondly, he says, I know about a returner. I know about a returner. Look what the Bible says as you continue in verse number 25. He says, I know that my redeemer liveth and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Job says, look, he has given us his promise to return. Jesus said it himself in John 14. He says, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go away to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I There ye may be also. Aren't you glad that he has given us a promise that he will return? But listen, how is that possible? Because of his power to return. The Bible tells us clearly in 1 Thessalonians 4, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, With the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And the Bible says, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Aren't you glad? that he's given his promise to return, and that he has the power to return. But notice, what is his performance to return? Well, clearly God's word is true, and the Bible says that we are fully persuaded that what he has promised, he was able also to perform. I love what somebody wrote years ago. They wrote the song, If Jesus said it, I believe it. His word cannot lie. If it's written in the Bible, I'll believe it till I die. Though the mountains be removed and cast into the sea, God's word will last forever throughout eternity. And understand this morning that Job said, I know about a redeemer and I know about a returner. But notice a third thing he knew about was he knew about a resurrection. Go back in your Bible in verse 26. The Bible says, And though after my skin, worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Now clearly, listen this morning. No one's going to live forever. And I'll be honest with you, the older I get, I don't want to live forever. Truth is, I don't want to get old. But it's already too late. But all of us, one day, will have a departure. Every one of us. You go to the cemeteries and you look on the headstones and you see a birthday and you see a death day. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die and after this, the judgment. You see, Job understood about a resurrection, that there would be a departure. And that's why when Jesus was on this earth, he said in John 11, he said unto Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Did you hear what Jesus said this morning? If you believe in him, if you believe that he is the son of God, that even if you depart from this world, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. It's a wonderful thing to realize, look, God's given us this life, and I don't know how long, the Bible talks about three score, 60 years, and if by reason God would give you three score in 10 years, 70 years of life, you've lived a full life. If you're beyond that, your meter's running. But understand this, that every one of us will depart from this world unless the Lord comes back in our day. Job said, I, I, I know about a resurrection. He said, there's going to be a departure. Notice that as we consider life, and I'm not trying to get gory this morning, but there will be a decomposition. I remember when God created everything in this world, and you can read about it yourself, In the Genesis account, how God created all those days of creation and the crowning of God's creation, believe it or not, was mankind. Do you know that everything man touches, he destroys? And yet the Bible says that God took the dust of the earth and he breathed into it the breath of life. And man became a living soul. You know what we are? We're dirt. Some of you ladies got it this morning and you put makeup on dirt. (laughs) Now we know us guys don't do that, right? Some of you ladies are like, Pastor, I never really looked at it that way before. But that's what the Bible says. You see, there's going to be a decomposition. And look what the Bible says. Genesis 319, in the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread Till thou return unto the ground, for out of it, out of the ground, was thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. You see, Job says, look, there's, I know about a resurrection, and there's going to be a departure, and there will be physically a decomposition. But listen, praise God, we see that there will be a deliverer. Because he says here, look at it again. And the Bible says here in verse number 26, he says, and my flesh shall I see God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam, all died. The Bible says, Even so, in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterwards they that are Christ at his coming. I heard about a man, they, he recently had trusted Christ as his Savior. He, he, he believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's interesting because this man was an African Muslim That became a Christian and some of his friends found out about his new faith in the Lord Jesus and his friends asked him they said why why have you become a Christian and here's what his answer was he said to his friends well it's like this suppose you're going down the road and all of a sudden you come to a fork in the road you've got to make a decision and at that fork in the road there were Two men standing there, one that is alive and one that's dead. Which one would you ask which way to go? Jesus is alive. And Jesus came to give us life. And Job says, look, I, I know about a redeemer and I know about a returner and I know about a resurrection, but how about this? Job says, there's one more thing that I know. He says, I know about a reunion. I know about a reunion. Look at verse 27. The Bible says, Whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about a personal reunion. I love this. Job says, look, I'm not concerned about other people. He says, i'm just looking forward to personally seeing jesus someday hey folks i listen there's going to be a lot of people that have gone on before us that it's going to be a wonderful thing when we all get to heaven and we get to spend time together around the throne of god but there's one person i'm looking forward to seeing and his name is jesus you know why because he's the one that gave his life so i could be there job's talking about a personal reunion just like you see in the book of acts and remember we just uh, celebrated and we just talked about what jesus has done for us but remember what happened before the resurrection was the death of jesus christ the burial of jesus christ and jesus said you can place this body in the grave but in three days i'll raise it again and the bible says after he had risen from the dead he spent 40 days on this earth reassuring his followers that he was alive. He was seen by many infallible proofs. And the Bible says that when that 40 days ended, that as he was with his disciples, that he was there on the Mount of Olives. And the Bible says, while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, ye men of Galilee, Why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come again in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. The the, the psalmist said, as for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. Are you looking forward to that day when you will be in the presence of almighty God? Folks, the only way that you can get there is Jesus said, I am the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The only way that a person can get get into heaven is to go through the door, and that door is Jesus Christ. He came to give his life, and what you and I need to be looking forward to is a personal reunion. But the best part about that reunion is it's never going to end. It's a perpetual union. Think about it. Jesus came. He didn't just come to give us life. He came to give us eternal life. He came to give us everlasting life. I've asked people whether they're Christians or not Christians, how long is everlasting? And I've never had one person get it wrong. Do you know in the Greek it means everlasting? Do you know in any language it means eternal? It means forever? It will never end. Hey, folks, this life is limited, but the Bible says then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Folks, it's going to be a perpetual union, and I'm looking forward to that day, but there was something that Job said at the end of all these things that he knew. And it kind of arrested my attention. I want you to look back at verse 27 at the end of the verse. Look at the statement, though my reins be consumed within me. Now sometimes we look at the Bible and we're like, well I just can't, and by the way that's a lie of the devil because you can't understand the Bible because if you're a Christian you have the greatest resource which is called the Holy Spirit of God. We need to read God's word and ask the Holy Spirit of God to illumine us, to open our eyes, to help us to understand what the Bible says. Job makes a statement. He says, though my reins be consumed within me. What is he saying? Job is saying something like this. I am overwhelmed by the thought of it. That's what he's saying. Job, what are you you overwhelmed by? What's the thought that you are overwhelmed with, Job? And here it is. I'm just overwhelmed with the thought of a redeemer, my redeemer. I'm overwhelmed with the fact that he's gonna come back someday for me. I'm overwhelmed with the thought that that there will be a resurrection, that he was the first fruits, and that we which are dead, that now we are alive in Christ, And I'm overwhelmed with the thought that one day I will spend all of eternity with him. Job says, I am overwhelmed. You see, we can find a lot of comfort. We can find a lot of hope, a lot of strength. In the empty tomb, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Job might have said something like this. Look, I don't know much, but what I do know, I like. I read a true account. I'm not reading into this. I'm actually reading it word for word as I found it. On February 27th, 1991, If you remember there was a war that was going on called Desert Storm. And on February 27th, there was a woman whose name was Ruth Dillow. Ruth Dillow received the worst call of her life that day. Her phone rang in her house, and she picked it up, and she was told that her son, Clayton Carpenter, private first class, had stepped on a landmine, and he was dead. For the next three days, Ruth, as a mother, grieved for her son. She agonized. She thought about her son, how much that he meant to her. Then all of a sudden, one day, three days later, after receiving this terrible news, her phone rang again. And the voice on the other end of the phone said, Mom, it's me. I'm alive! And at first, Ruth thought to herself, what a cruel joke. Why would somebody do this? But as the conversation continued, she realized, It was her son, that he was alive. Later she laughed, she cried, she rejoiced because she commented that what seemed to be such a hopeless situation turned into the greatest day of her life. And folks, I'm going to tell you this morning, when you visit the grave of our Lord Jesus Christ and you find it empty, it's the greatest news that you could ever receive. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes. But why was Jesus there? Because he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. As you heard the song a little while ago, he lived. Take away my shame. He lives forever, I'll proclaim. I know my Redeemer lives. Do you know him today? Would you bow your heads with me this morning for just a moment? I want to thank you for listening so well today. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I'll just ask if you would to remain still for just a few moments. No one moving around. But after all, you are in God's house this morning. This is a special place because the Lord has promised that where we are gathered together in His name, that He's promised to be there with us. I believe the Lord's here today. I believe God's been honored in spite of me or in spite of the music or in spite of anything that's happened here today. I believe that God is speaking to hearts. This morning, I wonder, do you know, do you know Jesus personally? Do you have a personal knowledge that there's been a time in your life that you put your faith and trust in him? Because Jesus said, whosoever believeth in him should not perish. You see, all of us are going to depart from this world one day. And there is life beyond the grave. Jesus has conquered death and hell. He came to give you life, eternal life, and if you're here today, maybe you've had a time in your life that you've trusted Christ as your Savior, you you realize, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner, and I know that you love me so much that you died for me, and I'm glad I've had a time that I've put my faith in you, and I, I know based on the Word of God that if I were to leave this world today that I would spend eternity with you because of what Jesus did for you. How many of you could slip your hand up and say, Pastor, I know that. Could you raise your hand this morning as a testimony? I'm saved. I've believed on the Lord. What a wonderful sight. You can put your hands down. I wonder this morning, we're just in church, no one's looking around. but I believe God's looking. How many of you could not raise your hand? How many of you have had a time, had not had a time in your life that you have not believed on the Lord? You're trusting in maybe what you can do, the life that you live. The Bible says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, his mercy, he saved us. God's given you an opportunity this morning on Easter Sunday morning, Resurrection Day. He's the resurrection and the life. How many of you would say, Pastor, God's spoken to my heart today. God's opened my eyes. And He's shown me my need of a Savior. But today I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm trusting in Him to go to heaven instead of what I can do, how many of you would slip your hand up and say, Pastor, I believe that. I see that hand. Is there anyone else this morning you could put your hand down? Anyone else? Did you believe that this morning? Anyone else that would be honest with God? Just put your hand up and you could put it right back down. Pastor, I believed. I believed. Lord, bless this invitation. God, I pray that those that need to do business with you, those that need to put their faith in you, that, Lord, during this invitation, that they would come, that they would come to the one that gave his life, that they could have eternal life someday. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.